0: Feeling um, more manly these days. I uh, got your head pop up. <laughs> I mean, there's just no question that I, I'm feeling more manly in my truck, um, my pickup truck. It's not that I wasn't manly before, I mean, I've, I've had the truck. Uh, but the cherry bomb glass pack mufflers that Jack installed. Um, I don't know, a couple of years ago when he started driving it, they have upped my manliness score. Um, It is, after all, as loud as legally possible. Um, And we're always trying to think of ways that it could be louder, but uh, that's the best that we can do now. But while the sound has afforded me looks of respect when I pull up at a light, and it's not just a hemi, but... When people look over and see the hemi and they hear it, then you have this added effect of, at least with guys, there's just that look of respect. Like, yeah, Uh, it's kind of like when a Harley Davidson pulls up any guy who is worth his salt is uh, going to think, wow, I wish I was on that. Especially if it's a chopper and uh, you know he's got the leather jacket and the boots and all that. I guess the same thing could be true for women because women love to ride Harley-Davidson's as well. Um, I am not allowed to have one. <laughs> but one such problem that I, I have, even though I have all of this respect... Is drive through windows. When I go to a drive through window, which is a place I I usually go to about once a day, um, there's just a, a problem that happens. My pipes, it turns out, are way too loud for effective fast food communication. And it doesn't matter how much I enunciate mustard burger with cheese, no onions. Diet Coke. It gets lost in the perfect purring of my tailpipes. There's this back and forth of what? What? What did you say? What did you order? And it just really gets all mixed up. And I usually don't get the mustard burger. It is a you know a Big Mac with uh, everything on it. But the drive through captain says something back. And I, of course, can't hear. And by the way, they are called captains. Have you ever noticed? They're drive through captains. Um, But I've learned to not only cut the onions, but to cut the engine as well. Uh, Just so that we can all hear each other, I just turn it off, and that seems to work. But with all of the, uh, the noise around us these days, it's hard to hear in our world, isn't it? Especially on a weekend like this, where there is so much going on during the The Mardi Gras season. Mardi Gras is a season of noise. Uh, As I was working on my sermon, and if you think it's terrible, it's because of the parade that was one block down for me as I was trying to to be holy and to to think about what I was doing. Uh, It was just to the point where uh, you can't even think sometimes. There's so much noise. And that's the way it is in our lives. We are uh, people who have noise all around us. And sometimes we are the people who are creating noise all around us. And it makes it hard to hear. Well, our text this morning, and I invite you to keep your Bible open there um, to Luke's gospel as, as we look at this. But it, it reminds us that our healing hearing prob- problem isn't unique to us. Peter. James and John, they had a hearing problem. Or at least they must have because of the dialogue that's going on between them and God. Think about it. They are atop a mountain with Jesus. And they are selected by Him away from the other disciples. If you look you know, back in that chapter, you'll see that uh, they've been traveling. They've been doing things together. They've been ministering and working hard. And they're tired. And I'm sure they said all the time to Jesus, look, we've done enough for today. Let's just rest. Jesus, you're you're doing too much. You're going too fast and you're going too far. We need some rest. And so as they're there resting, Jesus goes over to Peter, James, and John. They are the triumvirate, right? They are the, the, the leaders of the disciples. And He taps them on the shoulder. Wake up. We're going to go up to the mountain. We're going to go on up. And I'm sure they were thinking, Yeah, that's, that's a long walk, Jesus. It's a long ways up there. And Jesus gets them to come on. And so they go up to the top of the mountain. And there they are uh, at the top of the mountain. And they're having this special meeting with Jesus. And it was there that Jesus went through an amazing transfiguration. And I love um, this beautiful uh, fresco. And you can see on, the, on either side of Jesus what is going on here. And you get the idea of the disciples being down at the bottom of the mountain. And, and there's all this uh, that's happening there with Peter, James, and John. And this word, and, and by the way, today is Transfiguration Sunday. Uh, we're going to shout that from the float today. Um, no, probably not. But uh, it means uh, it's a metamorphosis. There, there is this real change that takes place in Jesus as he goes from an ordinary man in ordinary clothes to this extraordinary man with clothes that are dazzling bright and white shining all around them seeing Jesus this way obviously caught them off guard and as we read through the gospel account we we get that feeling especially with Peter That they are just blown away. And then there was another side, as they could see these two other people on the side, each on the side of Jesus. Moses on one side, who represents the law. And they would understand this being uh, people of the law, that Moses was that person. And then Elijah over on the other side, and Elijah representing prophecy. So these two very Pivotal things uh, that are a part of their, their religious life and their understanding of life are right there beside Jesus. This, this master of theirs that they care so much about. This teacher of great truth and wisdom. This one who has loved them in ways that no one else has ever loved them. And they see all of this going on all around them. And they could hear the sounds of the conversation. And you can hear that, get a feel for it, looking there in the text, uh, that Moses and Elijah are talking about what is getting ready to happen with Jesus. And there's this conversation about going to Jerusalem. And so they hear all of this as well as the wows and the gasps of each other as they took all of this in. Peter has moved beyond sheer fear to... Curious fascination as he sees what is going on, asking Jesus if they can stay there a while. Jesus, this is great. Let's put up a booth for him and, and for everybody. Let's just stay up here a while this is awesome. These great heroes of his faith all around him. And it is then that they are all enveloped by a cloud, and they hear the voice of God speaking these words about Jesus. This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. And in our English translation, there is an exclamation point at the end of that. And we don't translate over exclamation points, but it is to emphasize this This must have been a moment of exclamation as God is making this great and powerful and affirming statement about His Son. Does anyone remember where we heard this before? Not too long ago, the baptism. The baptism of Jesus as the heavens are torn open and the Holy Spirit... Descends in bodily form upon Jesus. And these words are heard by Jesus. You are my son. My chosen. My beloved. And with you I am well pleased. So here the disciples and others are hearing this. This is my son. Listen to him. You would think it would have been enough to see Jesus in his glory. Shining brightly and surrounded by his greatness. I mean, did they really need to be instructed to listen to Jesus after all of that? I mean, would you, if you were there, need somebody to kind of edge you or get you to the edge of your seat so that you could listen a little bit more and understand more? Well, obviously, God knew they did, and God knows we do, too. We need to listen. But perhaps they were so caught up in seeing Moses and Elijah that they missed the point of what was happening Right there in Jesus. Or maybe they were so involved in talking about what they were seeing. That they were too distracted to comprehend the significance. Of how Jesus was right there in the center of Moses and Elijah. Right there as the fulfillment of law and prophecy. Whatever the case they needed to hear a listen up. About what was most important. They needed to go beyond seeing Jesus. To actually hearing Jesus. They needed to go beyond hearing Jesus to listening to Jesus. It's always easy to hear. But it's not always easy to listen. Maybe our problem is not so much hearing as it is listening. When was the last time you listened to Jesus? Not just heard about him or heard his words like here in church, but actually listened to what Jesus was saying to you. There's a popular devotional book out. Jesus is calling, I think is the the name of it. What if he did call you? Would you listen? Would you be distracted with other things? Would you be able to say, okay, I am totally right here in the moment with you, Jesus? I'm listening to what you have to say. As M. Scott Peck observed, you cannot truly listen to anyone and do anything else at the same time. Do you have any friends or family who, or maybe you do this, you're talking and they're doing this, and they're even looking up and they're doing this. Are they really listening to you? No. Uh, neuroscientists have said we can't there's no way that your human brain can multitask you can't do two things at once especially men I think women are evolving at a faster rate than men are but even still we can't do it you think you can but you can't you think you're listening to Jesus but you probably aren't The noise around us becomes a noise within us if we allow it. Is that true? If not turned off, it drowns out the voice of Jesus and it hinders us from being able to hear Him. Jesus is not the kind who will yell over the noise, by the way. He's not going to yell. He won't compete with it but He waits until we turn it down or we turn it off so that we can hear Him. He speaks clearly, but quietly. I don't think I've ever heard Jesus yell at me. I'm sure Jesus wants to yell at me, but He doesn't. If I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to listen. He'll wait. He's got all the time in the world. He'll just wait. What about you? How's your listening going? You may say that Jesus isn't speaking to you, that he hasn't had anything to say to you in a long time. You've tried, you've prayed, you, you have sought out God and tried to understand, but you say, no, uh, it just hadn't happened in a long time. But could it be that he has been speaking all along? But the problem is that you keep adding more noise to your life? I mean, at first, the noise is manageable. One thing that you've added to your life. We can always add one thing, right? One more thing. I can do one more thing. I can add one more noise to my life. It's the background music, you say. It's just there. It's not really bothering me. You can still hear Jesus just fine. And then you add another, which is the noise of a thing that you've added to your life. One that has such a beautiful sound, but requires even more of your hearing and your attention. Your life is now getting noisy and you don't want the volume to increase, but now other people are adding noise to your life. And you don't listen anymore because you really can't even hear when was the last time you were in a restaurant having conversation with somebody else and you're there before the crowd gets there? And then before long, the restaurant is full and you see people's mouths moving and no one's really able to even hear one another. I think that's a pretty good description of our world, of our lives. I think God is always trying to get us away from all the noise and get away to where we can not just see Jesus, but listen to him. And God says to us, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. But how, God? How do we do this when there is so much going on around us? How, when our phones ring, ding, chime, beep, tweet, and vibrate to alert us that whatever else is important, it needs, we need to stop and pay attention. It demands our attention. So that we can check and see what people are saying to us. How do we listen when we have a million channels to watch or at least to flip through incessantly? How when there is so much to do around the house? How can you listen to God when you have bills to pay? And the fact that you can't creates the kind of noise that you can't ignore and and you just can't listen to anything or anyone else. How can you listen to God when you have so much to do for God in this world? This is a busy morning, isn't it? But it's not so busy that we can't stop and listen to God. And God says, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him.